Ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Nourished Mom podcast. Today we are talking about dun 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 PMS. And no matter what your symptoms are, if they're irritability, anxiety, fatigue, we're talking about how you can reduce them or eliminate them by nourishing your body. And this episode is jam-packed with info, so get ready to take notes. All right, let's do it. Hey, Mama. Welcome to the Nurse Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to ditch the mom stress through renewed mindsets, healthy habits, and balanced nutrition. God is calling you to a life of peace, joy, and rest, even during this crazy season when kids are tugging at your legs, you can't get a minute to yourself, and you feel like you have a million things to do. So if you are ready to leave the stress and busyness behind and step into the goodness that God has for you and your family, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some Play-Doh, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 20 minutes while we dig into today's show. Let's do it. one of the 90% of the women in this world that get PMS, I think that you'll agree with me that PMS is the worst. Some months, you know, are worse than others. Some months I get by just fine. But once in a while, as my period gets closer, I turn into angry mom and things that wouldn't normally bother me just make me so aggravated and I really can lose my cool. Everything just starts to seem like a real big deal. Like, how dare you stuff those socks in my mouth, Silas? Yes, that happened. (laughs) And sometimes I could just shrug it off, but not last week. But I hate when my PMS is bad because I feel like the kids in Dale are walking on eggshells around me. And that is not the mom that I want to be. And I know it's not the mom that God created me to be. Right? Galatians 5.22 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And if I am PMSing, I am far from those things. And I know that some of you moms can definitely relate. So I saw the movie Turning Red a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Very interesting. The main character, Maymay, gets her period. And when she is going through all these changes and getting her period, she turns into a giant red panda, right? This happens when she gets too excited, too emotional. And it's kind kind of a weird topic for a kid's movie. Um, my boys really, all of the period stuff went straight over their heads. But the way that I interpreted this was poor Maymay gets her period, gets super emotional. Then her aunts and grandmother and mother come in and tell her, you need to check those emotions and put them away. And um, all of the, the women in the family had their red panda go into a different thing, like a necklace or a pair of earrings, but they put the red panda away. And when I was watching this, I'm like, this is so terrible. This is like degrading to women. That is not true. Like we definitely don't get out of control. And I had a a lot of emotions toward this movie. But then the next week, 
I started PMSing and oh my gosh, I turned into the red panda. I'm like, it's true. And I started to feel all sorts of ways. (laughs) But honestly, it doesn't have to be that way. And I definitely notice a difference on when I'm supporting my body and nourishing my body, it definitely reduces my PMS. And you can reduce your PMS or eliminate your PMS symptoms by nourishing your body too. So I want to dig in to, you know, some top ways that we can do this. But first, let's get on the same page. So PMS. The definition of PMS is it's a combination of symptoms that many women get about one to two weeks before their period. And the symptoms, you probably know them, are headache, backache, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, TIA, I know, um, tender breasts, lower tolerance for noise. Yes, that is a physical symptom. You are not going crazy when you can't stand the noise that your kids are making. Other symptoms include irritability, hostility, sleep problems, trouble concentrating, tension and anxiety, depression, sadness, and mood swings. No, 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 thank you. So what is going on? What really causes PMS? All right, so you're about to get Menstrual Cycle 101, the class that all teenage females should get. So your follicular phase starts on day one of your period. And what's happening is you have follicles that are developing. And follicles are the sacs that contain the eggs that are maturing to be released at ovulation. So usually we have one follicle that matures, but sometimes we get two twins, three triplets or more. And follicles are super important because they release our hormones. And I just want to say off the bat, so hormones are not bad. Like people use the term like, oh, she's all hormonal because she's PMSing. But hormones are actually our friends. So PMS, whether or not you're going to get PMS depends on the health of your follicles. And the follicles, I feel like I'm having a hard time saying that word, the follicles take 100 days to mature. And anything that is going on during your life, during those 100 days, can affect the health of your follicles. What you're eating, your stress levels, anything that you're experiencing, they're all going to affect your PMS. So throughout your follicular phase, your estrogen is rising and you probably feel great because estrogen helps your body to produce serotonin, which is your happy hormone. And it also benefits your muscles, your brain, your sleep, your skin. So usually during your follicular phase, you are feeling on top of your world. So once one of your follicles matures, then you ovulate, right? Your eggs released. So then the follicle restructures into this amazing gland called the corpus luteum, which is a temporary endocrine gland, and it produces progesterone. So progesterone is your calming hormone. It makes you feel at ease. Um, It's also the hormone that nourishes pregnancy, and it reduces inflammation, it builds muscles, and it calms your nervous system so it's easier for you to cope with stress. So if you don't have enough progesterone, you're going to start to feel anxious as your period starts to get closer. 
And remember, a healthy corpus luteum requires a healthy follicle. And a healthy follicle requires good health for the 100 days preceding this monthly period. So if you're not producing enough estrogen, you're, I mean, if you're not producing enough progesterone, you're not going to have that calming effect to shield you from the effects of the estrogen dropping, right? So estrogen was high. We're feeling good. Now if it drops and progesterone doesn't rise, we're not feeling so hot anymore. And the health of your follicles is also influenced by inflammation and deficiency in nutrients like magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin D, zinc, iodine, and selenium. All right, so after ovulation, now you're in your luteal phase, and hopefully your progesterone is rising as long as you have healthy follicles. This phase lasts about 10 to 16 days, and then you get your period. So if you're going to get PMS, it's going to be between the time of ovulation and menstruation. Okay, so remember that hormones aren't bad. They make us feel good, but we get into some trouble when they're not in balance. So how can we make sure that they're balanced? Well, we usually want to enhance progesterone because in most cases, that's the hormone that is we're not producing enough of, or sometimes we have an altered sensitivity to progesterone. We also want to stabilize estrogen and make sure that our body is able to metabolize it and detox it properly because usually it's estrogen that we can have a little too much of. We also want to reduce inflammation because chronic inflammation distorts the way our hormones communicate. And what it's all going to come down to is whether or not your body has the nourishment it needs to create these hormones, to stabilize the hormones and transmit them properly. So it's all going to come down to what you're putting in your body. Okay, so let's talk three steps to help you ditch your PMS. Step number one, reduce inflammation. So we just said it before, uh, inflammation interferes with hormone production and the receptors that receive these hormones. So the first part of this is that we want to reduce the foods that increase inflammation. So the first food that I want to talk about is dairy. So conventional dairy, the stuff that you buy at the grocery store, is much different than what our ancestors were drinking. So today's milk is pasteurized, homogenized, it's low fat, and the cows aren't fed their natural diet. So milk in its natural form, think raw milk, full fat, grass-fed, cows that are pasture-raised, can actually be super nutritious for us and can be really beneficial to our bodies. But conventional milk, not so much. And it's usually a source of inflammation. So try cutting out dairy or replacing it with raw dairy if you have a good farm around you. So the second food I want to talk about is sugar. So unfortunately, although it tastes really good, sugar is just really not part of a healthy diet. And I get it. It's hard to avoid. I feel like we have birthday parties every weekend, you know, church functions, cookouts, and it can be hard to stay away from it. But the more that you cut it out of your diet, the healthier you're going to be. Because sugar causes inflammation through numerous different pathways. 
Um, it causes tissue damage, it causes insulin resistance, and the list goes on and on. So cutting sugar out can make a big deal for your PMS symptoms. So the third food I wanna talk about is vegetable oils. Things like canola oil, corn, safflower, soy. All of these oils are highly processed with chemicals and solvents. And they have high proportions of omega-6 that are damaged when they're processed or when we use them to cook. And this creates inflammation. So it's a no-go. Also, hydrogenated oils. So you'll see that on labels. Hydrogenated soybean oil, partially hydrogenated corn oil. Um, But a study of women showed that when they increased their trans fats, which are in hydrogenated oils, by only 2%, they had a 73% greater risk of infertility. So this is a huge deal. This is messing up your cycle if you're eating this. And inevitably, it's going to lead to PMS. So avoid cooking with vegetable oils. Instead, cook with stable saturated fats like coconut oil, tallow, and ghee. And then check out the processed foods that you're eating. Do they have these vegetable oils in them? And I'll tell you, they are hard to stay away from because they are in the majority of the boxed products in our stores. But look for products that use avocado oil and coconut oil instead of canola, corn, safflower, soy, and those types of oils. Also a note on olive oil. So olive oil obviously technically is a vegetable oil, but it doesn't contain the ratios of omega-6s. So one of the issues with the oils is that they're super high in omega-6s, and we need to have a balance of omega-6 and omega-3 in order to have the proper inflammatory responses in our bodies. And our Western diet is like way high in omega-6. I forget some the statistics but like it's supposed to be around one to one and we're like average like 23 omega-6 to one part omega-3 which is way too high and causing chronic inflammation but olive oil is really high in omega-9s um still not super stable to cook with but it can be cooked with low heat but it's really healthy to drizzle on top of your food after it's cooked Okay, so we wanna take out the foods that are causing inflammation, but we also wanna include the foods that reduce inflammation. So we just talked about that ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. So if we can include more omega-3s in our diet, it's gonna help our body to control inflammation. So one study found that omega-3 supplementation normalized reproductive hormone levels in women. So this is huge. Omega-3s can normalize your hormones. They can help you to have a healthy cycle and reduce your PMS. So where are we getting our omega-3s? So the main category is going to be fish and seafood. Fish like salmon, mackerel, oysters, sardines are all super high in omega-3. Flax, chia, walnuts, and soybeans also have high levels of omega-3s, but the omega-3s in plant foods, they need to be converted before your body can use them. And one study showed that less than 0.03% of the omega-3s in flaxseed was converted to its usable form in the participants of the study in their bodies. So fish and seafood are going to be your best sources. 
So other foods that reduce inflammation, vegetables reduce inflammation. Um, vegetables, you can't go wrong with vegetables, ladies. So they have phytonutrients, which are the plant chemicals, and they modify your hormone metabolism and function. And they switch off pro-inflammatory genes and switch on anti-inflammatory genes. And some doctors believe that inflammation is the root cause of all disease. So if we can lower our inflammation, we are going to be more healthy all around. So vegetables also provide the important nutrients that we need when our follicles are developing, right, that are going to produce our hormones. And they feed your healthy gut bacteria, which is going to help escort estrogen out of your body. And I know there are some of you that just hate your vegetables. And I'm so grateful for my dad that he made us eat all of our vegetables when we were young before we left the table because it really did change my palate. And I love vegetables. And really, at least half of your plate at every meal should be vegetables. But if you're having a hard time, I have an easy button for you, as my friends call it. Um, so we just started our family on Juice Plus, which is an awesome supplement that's made out of fruits and vegetables. And it really helps to, they say, bridge the gap between what you should be eating for plant foods and what you are eating. So this could be something that could help you, you know, bridge that gap and get the nutrients that you need. And the studies are really exciting on this. There are so many awesome studies about the effects of Juice Plus, and I'm going to be sharing more about it in coming episodes. Okay, so our step number one was reducing inflammation. Step number two is eating nutrient-dense foods that are known to support your healthy periods. So these are the foods that are going to give your body the nourishment to produce those hormones. So we talked about vegetables. Another food that's great for healthy cycles is pasture-raised eggs. They're full of choline, folate, B vitamins, selenium, calcium, vitamin D. These are all nutrients that are vital to healthy follicles. Another food, bone broth, it has gelatin, collagen, calcium, magnesium, which is super helpful for PMS. And amino acids, the amino acids glycine and glutamine, they help your body produce glutathione. Am I getting too too technical over here? And glutathione is the most potent antioxidant in your body. So glutathione is important for reducing oxidative stress. And reducing oxidative stress is going to play a huge role in your overall health and the health of your follicles. The next food is liver. So guys, liver is the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. And our ancestors all ate it. It's just a recent thing that we don't eat liver. And liver surpasses the nutrient density of all known fruits and vegetables. It is high in vitamin A, and vitamin A deficiency restricts proper corpus luteum development, meaning that you're not going to get the progesterone that you need. Remember, you're Follicles mature and then transform into the corpus luteum and produces progesterone if it has the nourishment that it needs. Liver also has a ton of folate, which if you've been pregnant before, you know is super healthy for um, pregnancy and very necessary. And you would actually have to eat 2.5 pounds of spinach to get the same amount of folate from eating one ounce of chicken liver. 
So I know you're like, oh, I don't know if I can stomach it. But I'm telling you, it's actually pretty good if you prepare it correctly. The taste can be a little metallic because it's full of vitamins and minerals. So if you soak it in milk, raw milk, obviously, or in vinegar water for a couple hours before you're cooking, you can reduce that metallic taste. So I challenge you to try to include some liver in your diet. And I'll try to share in the upcoming month some recipes for how to do that. Okay, so sometimes we can't get enough of the nutrients that our body needs from our food because we live in a world that the soil is depleted. And if our body isn't absorbing nutrients effectively and efficiently, then we're not even going to be able to soak up all the nutrients that our food does provide if it's not lacking because of the soil issue. So step number three is to use supplements. And I'm just going to give you two because these two are so effective that if you start with these, you're likely to see a drastic improvement in your PMS symptoms. So the first supplement is magnesium. So magnesium is so effective in reducing PMS symptoms that some scientists have suggested that magnesium deficiency is the main cause of PMS. So magnesium helps your body to produce hormones, including progesterone. It reduces inflammation and regulates your stress response, which is exactly what we need when we're PMSing, right? I definitely need something to help with my stress response. So I prefer magnesium glycinate because other forms of magnesium can sometimes cause loose stools. So I really try to avoid magnesium chloride. And you want to take about 300 milligrams daily. The other supplement that I recommend is B6. It is essential for the production of progesterone, it reduces inflammation, and it helps detox any excess estrogen. And you'd want to take about 100 milligrams of vitamin B6 a day and split it into two, two doses. So if you suffer from PMS, I would definitely start supplementing with magnesium and vitamin B6, and you'll start to see probably some improvement right away. But remember that this is a long-term project because it takes 100 days for your follicles to mature. All right, so let's recap. So the three steps to ditch your PMS are number one, reduce your inflammation. Number two, eat nutrient-dense foods that support healthy periods. And number three, supplement. You don't have to be the red panda. If you support your body and give it the nourishment it needs, you can reduce your PMS symptoms drastically. And if you need a little help making these diet and lifestyle changes, I am your girl. We can put together a plan of action that works for you, that's specific to your body, to your lifestyle, um, that will help you to be held accountable and give you clear steps to make the changes that will reduce your PMS and increase your energy and make you feel your best. So if you're ready to stop messing around and ready to start really nourishing your body, Um, I will put a link to book an appointment with me in the show notes below. And then also, there are a couple of great books that dive deep into this topic. So The Fifth Vital Sign by Lisa Hendricks-Jack is awesome. And The Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden is really good. So I will also link those below. All right, ladies, until next time, I pray that you are blessed with peace and joy, that the Lord helps you to become that calm, patient mom that he has created you to be, and that he protects you and your family. Amen. 
Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you or inspired you in any way, could you please take a minute to write a review on Apple Podcast? Writing a review is the number one way that you can help me to reach more moms just like you. And reading your reviews truly inspires me and encourages me to keep doing this work. Also, don't forget to connect with other like-minded mamas in our Facebook community so that we can encourage and uplift each other on this journey. The link to the Facebook group is in the show notes. Thank you for listening and may your heart overflow with God's peace and love. God bless.